Hello and welcome to the Creative Heroine Podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be reading you Chapter 2 from The Storms of Avalon by Jessica Libor. That's me. Um, This is my young adult fiction novel that I wrote this summer while I was on an artist residency in France, and it came to me in a dream. I've already read Chapter 1 in a previous episode of The Storms of Avalon, so If you would like to hear chapter one first and you haven't heard that yet, you can go and find chapter one. That's about a dozen or so uh, before this episode. So um, I am going to dive right in to chapter two of The Storms of Avalon. This, This chapter is titled Escape. For forty days and forty nights, Violet was locked inside her quarters. It was a beautiful apartment, filled with tapestries and murals by the most talented artists, with a lovely supply of candles for light and a small library of books. There were globes and plants that Violet was cultivating, for she enjoyed making things grow. There was a hoop for embroidery and a telescope for watching the stars. A fireplace hewn out of solid rock kept the room warm and her window was painted with diamond-shaped glass. A large bed crowned the center of the room, dressed in sumptuous deep purple velvet blankets and trimmed with gold thread. As far as prisons go, it could be worse. Every day her servant, Elle, would bring Violet meals on a silver tray. Violet noticed over the days that the food became less and less good to eat. The meat was scrawny and tough, the corn was dried up, and the carrots looked like thin twigs. She was a prisoner in her own palace, a beautiful bird in a gilded cage. Every day, the guards outside her door locked her in, and she realized sadly how they were no longer there to keep out unwanted visitors, but rather to keep her in. Her father did not visit. She sent him several letters a day, begging him to come to his senses, but to no avail. She never received an answer. Her servants told her nothing, as they were sworn to silence by the wrath of the king. So Violet spent her days watching the hills and plains of Forterra out her window and reading from her library. What else could she do? At night she cried, not only for the loss of her mother, but also for the cruelty of her father, which made her feel so powerless. On the fortieth day, Ella, Elle came to her, pale and frightened. Princess, I must tell you something, even though I might lose my head because of it. Violet looked alert. "'What is it, Elle?' she asked of the girl, who had dressed her hair since she was a child. Elle looked over her shoulder nervously. She was a pleasant girl, with big eyes as blue as cornflower, and brown hair tucked neatly into a cap. Her urgency was palpable as she lowered her voice. "'My princess, the kingdom is in chaos. The people are rioting, and I fear they will come for the palace.' Violet's heart leapt in alarm. "'But why?' Violet asked with equal urgency." She recalled the towers of smoke she had seen the the day before, coming from the fields around the palace. "'It is the king, your majesty,' whispered Elle. "'They think he has gone mad.' 
and he has not appeared in court for weeks. The crops are failing and the people are angry, and there are strange advisors who walk the halls. Violet's stomach twisted with anxiety as Elle told her how the king had locked himself in his own chambers for the last 40 days and refused to come out. And now Elle, Elle told her he was refusing to eat. Word has gotten out that he is ill, explained Elle, and the court advisors have spread rumors of his madness. They plan to take over the kingdom if he dies. I fear for your life, my lady. Violet forced herself to quiet her panic and think. She remembered the court advisors, tall, cold men in long black robes that came from the far north, whispering to her father. Their influence had grown more pronounced since her mother's death. Violet had never liked them and certainly never trusted them. Their long faces were like melted candle wax in their black hooded robes. Violet suddenly realized just how vulnerable she was. She looked out the window and saw the flames of smoke rising ominously from the villages close by. Oh, Elle, whatever shall I do? She cried, putting her hands over her face. You will think of something, my lady, said Elle desperately. Violet stood still, her mind whirring with the news. So much had happened in the last 40 days, and she felt so powerless to stop it. She could feel the doom coming upon her like a tidal wave, sweeping out all hope in its path. She looked at Elle calmly, composing herself. The crops are failing, you say, she asked. Yes, your majesty, said Elle. Nothing will grow. The people are calling it the king's curse. Then, with a sudden motion, Violet whirled in the direction of the library in her room. Without explanation, she began searching through the books, throwing piles of them onto her bed. Finally, she held up a small white volume with a gold filigree on its cover. Greedily, she opened its pages, each one hand-drawn and illuminated by monks. She found the page she was looking for and put her finger on its brilliant illustration, a beautiful city of white towers floating over the water. I know what I must do, Violet said resolutely. I must find the floating kingdom of Avalon and bring back the magic crystals to heal our land. Elle, the servant girl, looked surprised. But my lady, surely that is a myth. What if such a place does not exist? Avalon exists, or there would not be such an enduring legend, said Violet, pale and quiet in her resolve. I have felt it all my life. It may not be exactly as the books say, but I feel they could help us. Inside the floating city, it is said that there are crystals that will heal anything they touch. That is what our land needs, healing. She continued, Elle, will you help me pack my carpet bag? We must make haste. There is not a moment to spare. Violet leaned out the window and surveyed the lay of the land. The sun was setting, a dull red color, illuminating the smoke rising throughout the kingdom. She heard cries and yells and the echoes of commotion within the palace walls. A line of advisors cloaked in black glided through the palace gates. Violet's heart beat faster as she felt a sense of urgency. Elle had the Princess Violet's carpet bag in her hand when she turned around. It was a richly brocaded article, embroidered with golden thread over sumptuous deep plum upholstery and clasped with a carved mahogany handle. Together, Elle and Violet threw in the necessities for her trip, including a water flask and victuals wrapped in linen. Finally, Violet placed the white volume that held the legend of the floating city in the bag. Its gold embellishment shone and sparkled as it lay within the bag, and she placed her hand on it. Mother always said to trust your first thought, she said, and this is mine. Elle was beside her, and over her outstretched arms was draped Violet's hunting cloak. It was the simplest of her garments, made of thick linen and unadorned, in an earthy grayish lavender color. Violet donned the cloak and picked up the carpet bag. 
Beneath the cloak, she wore an unobtrusive light brown woven dress, belted with leather. No one would know she was royalty, save for her bearing. But how are you to escape, my lady? asked Elle. The palace is surrounded by guards. Violet looked at her reassuringly. I know a secret way, she said. Here, help me move the bed. With some effort, Elle and Violet moved the ornately carved bed to the side. At first, nothing of note was visible. The large tiles on the floor were patterned with filigree designs, fit together tightly, but the princess got down on her knees and tapped the furthest one towards the wall. It tipped upwards, revealing a small staircase, barely big enough to fit inside. Elle gasped. Mother showed this to me on my seventh birthday, explained Violet quickly. She made me swear an oath to never tell anyone for such a time as this. She gathered up her skirts and stepped gingerly down the first step of the spiral staircase. Looking back at Elle, she squeezed her hand. Promise me you'll leave, Elle, if you feel in danger, Violet pleaded. Elle nodded. I have family in the North End, the servant girl said, and I will not be far behind you in fleeing the curse that has come upon this castle. They embraced, and Violet took a deep breath. Gathering her cloak around her and picking up a lamp, she stepped into the secret staircase and descended until the top of her hood was the only thing visible, and then that too disappeared. She heard the tile scrape above her as Elle replaced the tile, and Violet was plunged into darkness, illuminated only by the faint flickering of her lamp. Down, down, down she went, the spiral staircase endlessly cascading like a corkscrew. She had moments of panic in the small space when the cylindrical walls felt like they were closing in, and she saw spiders scurry from beneath her silk slippers. But when she focused her eyes again on the lamp, she regained her calm. After what seemed like an eternity, the staircase gave way to an open archway and a dirt floor leading to a narrow passage with a slight incline. Thank you so much for listening. To access this full episode, as well as to unlock many more episodes that are just for Patreon subscribers, join me and my Patreon and subscribe. The link is in the show notes.